When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello there and welcome back to This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for episode 318. Today, we're stepping into the dynamic world of the multi-talented artist known as Keenan. Renowned for his versatility as an actor, singer, and model, Keenan has graced the screens in notable roles on such films like Love, Simon and The Divergent series. He played Wally West in the TV series The Flash, and he made waves with his debut record, Rainbow Boy. Now he's captivating audiences once more with his incredible new mixtape, The Heart Defense. In this episode, we're honored to have Keenan join us as we explore the inner workings on his latest mixtape. We'll uncover the secrets behind the creation of these captivating songs and we'll gain insights into his collaborative process with various producers. Discovering Keenan's unique creative methods and the approaches he adopts for songwriting does promise to be an intriguing one. We're also going to dive into the realm of collaboration with Keenan today, discovering his wish list for future musical collabs and unraveling how he brings these dreams to life. We'll also explore the fascinating interplay between his music and acting careers and discussing whether and how these creative paths kind of intersect. To end our conversation with Keenan, we'll also get a sneak peek into his plans for bringing his music to the live arena, offering audiences a glimpse into the magic that he creates on stage. Now, this conversation was such a delight and Keenan could not have been a more lovely guest. We very much want to thank Keenan for his time. And we also want to say a massive thank you to Rhiannon at Positive Feedback for her help with today's episode. Before we embark on this captivating conversation, please make sure you subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your preferred podcast platform. Stay tuned for our latest episodes by following us across all of our social media channels. All details can be found within the show notes of today's episode. So let's get into it and enter into the world of Keenan. We don't need to hide and see. baby, now the coast is clean. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Keenan. Hello, sir. How are you going? Hello, good sir. Yeah, I'm doing really, really great. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, and thank you so much for asking. I am. Um, I very much appreciate that we're getting to chat today because I know it's an incredibly exciting time for you. There's a brand new mixtape out. We're going into December. Um, firstly, congrats on this brand new mixtape, The Heart Defense. It is out today. <laughs> so yeah. I'm incredibly stoked for you. Yeah, exactly. How are you feeling with these songs uh, coming out? Uh, I'm stoked. I mean, I make so much music and I do a lot of hoarding of music, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of creating and not really, not really putting it out there. And this mixtape was really an exercise for me to, to let go. A lot of these songs are made in my room. 
Um, and, uh, of course, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to be a perfectionist, but we ended up like, you know, working on them a lot, you know? Um, and it's, it's been really cool how it's developed. I love this sound, you know, I love how much further into the R and B world, um, I've gotten to go and, and, um, yeah, I can't wait for people to, to just hopefully dance to them and, and, and (laughs) feel to them. Yeah. I think that you'll be finding a lot of fans will be going through quite a um I feel like roller coaster is almost a played out cliche but it seems like the the most apt uh word to use in this circumstance there's such a beautiful kind of cross section of um of feelings and emotions that kind of have gone through this mixtape and so I think that what you just said you want them to dance on them to feel I think that you'll find that you'll you'll get your intended uh, response because this is a it's a beautiful mixtape Thank you. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. It's definitely a roller coaster. I can't actually believe, yeah, that we're even talking about it and people are hearing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a roller coaster of emotions. So many ups and downs, and that's that's you know, it's a it's a project about love. Um, and I don't know about you, but mine is not always linear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always super steady. <laughs> I look, I can very much appreciate that. I think mine might be now, but I think I might have a few extra years on yourself. So I think that may be why. (laughs) I'll look forward to that. (laughs) Um, With this brand new mixtape out, I know just a second ago, you kind of said you've been hoarding that there's a lot of music kind of on your computer, on your hard drive, wherever it may kind of sit. Do you get nervous when it does come to release day and it comes to kind of putting these songs out into, into the public, into the ether? Yes, I absolutely overthink i get overwhelmed um you know it's either one of two things i'm either super super chill really really zen um and uh or i'm um you know it's like those last minute things um also i'll usually get different ideas that come just before so you know in terms of like maybe how i want to talk about it or you know extra things to promote it with so it's just lots and lots of energy that's moving around and a lot of people talk about putting music out like you're giving birth to a kid, you know? Hmm. Um, so if I can tell myself spiritually I'm going through labor, then I feel, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I can very much appreciate that. It's actually, it's quite funny you've said that because like two or three guests that we've had over the last month, we've used the a similar analogy that these kind of are like living breathing things that you're putting out into the world and wanting to see the life that they kind of take on. So yeah, mm. I think, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a labor of love in a way. hundred percent. That's the yeah. only way to do it. <laughs> I was wondering if you might, um, indulge me a little bit. I had, um, I had such a brilliant time listening to the mixtape and we were very lucky enough to listen to it before it has come out today. So thank you for that. Um, I really loved burn, I thought that that was a incredible track and I was wondering if you could take us behind either the inspiration or kind of the creation of how that song came about and how it got to the point that it is now on the mixtape. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool to hear because it was one of the first songs that was made. It was made for another project. Um, and then it was, I think I had gotten dumped the day before (laughs) or that morning. Um, It wasn't a majorly serious um, 
relationship, but I was investing in it. And, you know, so it can either go, yeah, when you're going through heartbreak, studio time is is usually a blessing because you're like, well, I have a lot of feelings to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the inspo, for me, it always comes from, you know, getting into a safe space with the producer and in that one, it was just me. We didn't have any co-writers. So I worked with a producer named Snugs and we'd collaborated a few times before in Los Angeles. And, um, he's, you know, we're also friends. So he's just like hearing my heart, you know, and then he starts cooking up a bit of a beat. It was quite unique. And, um, I love the depth that it has, uh, energetically and, so I wanted to play into, I wanted to play and allow the feelings that I, I felt burned at the time, you know, my heart felt burned. Um, and so also growing up with lots of Usher music and, you know, <laughs> um, being like, cool, I'm going to make my own burn, you know? Um, mm. and it went from there. It, it, uh, I won't detail too much of what specifics are specific to the relation dynamic, but, um, yeah, it was super personal. I always write from a super personal place, but because it was the oldest one that I had or one of the oldest I had, um, I almost then didn't even put it on the mixtape. I, I was actually questioning to take it off only like a week before submission. And then, um, we shifted like some slight things, mm-hmm. um, I think in the vocal arrangement and suddenly I was like in love with it and it became one of my favorites again. And that sometimes, that sometimes happens, you know, you've got a song and you've, you've lived with the demo or particular versions for so long, um, that you just need to find out what that thing is. That's like pinching you and nudging you. You're like, what is not right for me? What is it? And, um, and that can be a make or break and it's really cool to hear um, you resonate with that song. A few people say that that's their favorites. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm glad to know I'm, I'm not alone in my love of that track. And, um, thank you very much for kind of sharing that with us. Cause I imagine it can be quite, yeah, quite, um, you're kind of bearing quite a bit of yourself regardless of, I know you said, obviously you're not putting too much of the um, explicit personal detail of, of these relationships and these tracks. But in a way you are kind of bearing your soul and putting yourself on the line in terms of how you're feeling and, and getting those feelings across. Has that always been the case for you in your songwriting, like in terms of kind of speaking from the heart and, and really putting your true thoughts and emotions on, on in the, sorry, in the forefront, on the forefront, we'll go on the forefront. Yes and no. I say when I was a kid and I was learning to write, because um, my mum and I would actually write poetry together, and that's mm-hmm. how I started to fall in love with words. And so that was super cute, and um, she encouraged that in me. And then, so when I started songwriting, it was super from the heart. But when I then got a bit older, you know, from 18, and I was writing songs or trying to write. I was really just trying to write like hit songs. I was trying to replicate the, the stru- everything in the structures of pop songs and make everything perfect. And sometimes I listen to those back and I'm like, wow, I did a good job. <laughs> but, but a lot of the time I had a lot of blocks when writing about love 
um, you know, I wasn't really navigating, um, a deep space of honesty within myself in love. You know, I wasn't even properly dating, um, openly as myself either. So there was a limit to where it could go. It wasn't until I did, uh, accept myself more and I found the freedom to, to write about, um, loving men or loving whoever, you know, that my writing completely opened up and that's when my first album was born properly. And, um, and now I love it. It's, it's, it's the only way I like to work. I mean, I do like to create songs and sort of imagine things as well. You get different, you get different stuff out of that. Mm. Um, and, uh, or using, you know, uh, inspiring, being inspired by other people's stories, especially if you're writing with them. But, um, I love to bear it out because it's my therapy. It's the way that I can actually make sense of the emotions. And I think it's all right because, you know, sometimes I listen back to the songs and I'm like, wow, I sound like a really vengeful lover. And, um, (laughs) or, you know, like I'm really harsh, you know, I'm really, or this is super one-sided. Um, and sometimes I'll write from the perspective of the, the person I'm with and, and, you know, what they might perceive me as. And, um, I think it's important even to get out our emotional reactions because it's a, it's a human thing. So, um, it's not always the way that I would maybe want to carry myself Mm -hmm. in, 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 in life, but it's, there's a storm of feelings going on in there. So, and they have to come out. Of course. Well, um, I can, yeah, I can only imagine the, the, the multitude of kind of feelings that can be conveyed in this record. And, um, it is sometimes it's funny, although you, and I mean, you as the artist, not necessarily yourself as as Keenan, but like, there's this thing of sometimes that songwriting is trying to tell you how you're feeling, even if you're not feeling that explicitly or directly, which I think is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Sometimes you don't, a lot of time I might be feeling very, very confused and a song will come out and it clarifies mm. a particular feeling, or at least it, it takes part of a feeling and puts it in a place. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's, as you're saying, like it sort of, it, it can show you how to frame something in a way. Yeah. 100%. I, um, I know you mentioned the, the debut record there in that previous, um, uh, what we were just talking about, have you found that there's much change in how you wrote for rainbow boy, which did come out in 2020? Um, but, and now with this new mixtape has the, I guess, songwriting craft or method changed for you at all? I think, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've collaborated more. The, the first album was predominantly with one producer. We lived together in LA at the time and it was pretty, pretty rad. Um, for the mixtape, it's, I mean, I think it's a mixture of like eight different people I've worked with. So naturally it's a, it's a different experience. The music is different and, um, and I'm in a different space of expression. This is certainly a lot more relationship based and dating based. And, um, but I definitely switched up the writing styles. I was recording and writing a lot from my, from my room. Um, and sometimes it was like 2am or whatever. And 
I just I just hear the track for the first time and then just um, usually I will record my melodies like and do gibberish into my phone and then I can hear certain words that I've sort of improvised and I've, there's a, a story there that I can start to thread mm. and for this one it was still similar but I just got straight on the mic and I would kind of just you know freestyle into the mic and sometimes I just freestyle line by line um, and not even try to make it hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Necessarily connect, at least for the first you know, 30 minutes. Just like spit a bunch of stuff out. And it definitely took my melodies to a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because yeah, it just, it, it was, it was challenging for me. And, um, but also I found that I was better at it than I thought. And I was discovering, I think there was more freedom in what I was saying too, because I wasn't then, I never actually got my phone out and tried to type things down either. So you just constantly got that flow. The energy is constantly up and, was nice to then listen back to certain songs. Um, uh, there's a song on there, the opening song uh, called Don't Be Such A. And um, I just remember thinking, oh, I've never really written in this way before. And I don't think I've made melodies like that before either. Is it a method you can see yourself kind of returning to for future songs or, yeah, writing? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to get good at quite a few different ones. Um, but I think it, I think it was more fun and I felt more brave and, um, I'd like to do it a bit more when like collaborating with others as well and see how that goes. Um, cause it's just like, you know, instead of just trying to find the perfect line, it's like, just go, <laughs> just <laughs> trust, just trust yourself and let your mouth sort of run. You know, one hundred percent. I would. Um, I'd love to know. I, as you said, there's been quite a few collaborators on this project. Um, I would love to kind of, I guess, discuss. Is there anyone that you've got on a wish list of people that you'd love to write with, uh, produce with, um, possibly feature or, or sing, duet, play with? Uh, there, there's lots. I mean, <laughs> I've always said I really want to get in the studio with um, James Fauntleroy. Um, uh, he's one of my main like inspirations in writing growing up and, um, he sort of worked with everybody in the biz in particular in the R and B pop space, more R and B. Um, 
it would be a dream to one day get to write with Frank Ocean. I think that would be so interesting. Mm. Um, Tame Impala. I really want to do a song with Tame Impala. Um, and uh, I have a song that I would like present to um, to to Kevin at some point if I ever get the chance to meet him. And then also I have a song that I the next time I get to um, connect with him in a music space, I would I want to present to to Troy Sivan. Um, you know, you never know how these things go, but it's like sometimes you hear something and you're like, I can really, I can really um, feel that. So we'll see. Look, I love all of those. I'm. I think that having listened to this mixtape and also with um, oh my god, what is it called? The the most recent Dua Lipa track that's produced by Kevin uh, Houdini. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard that. I think that's more him leaning into like still Tame Impala-ish, but more like a pop and almost R&B like kind of soundscape. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see that um, that working. So Kevin, come on, man. Like yeah. we'll, we'll manifest using this podcast. We'll get yes. yourself and Kevin in a room somewhere. <laughs> yes, I know you're listening, Kevin. Watch that. <laughs> I would love to discuss, I guess, um, your artistry as a whole because you are an extremely um, fascinating and multifaceted kind of artist. There's the music aspect of yourself. People listening today might know you from uh, your acting. I believe we've got uh, yourself as Wally West in The Flash. I think that they might know you from Love, Simon. There's a multitude of projects. What was there was one we watched actually only the other week. It's at the finest hours. Oh yeah. Yep. Deep cut. Yeah. yeah. Deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you find your music kind of fits in with everything else around? Cause I imagine that being creative for a good percentage of your time can be kind of draining, but it, I wonder if one project potentially influences the other, or if you get, inspiration or drive from one thing that then pushes another yeah I'll, I'll be honest and say there's definitely a point at which they felt like they were sort of competing or i had them in such different worlds that i didn't know how to connect them um so i um that that took me a while and it's only the past couple of years that i've really been learning how to have them complement each other more and it all comes down to this well a lot of it comes down to the storytelling. So I really get uh, pretty deep into my characters, um, both the characters that I might create in music, but also the characters that I get, you know, brought on to for film and television. And there's times when I've realized like certain characters traits, I'll just be so into that world. I can't, you know, it, it might conflict with what I'm building in the music. Mm-hmm. So, um, like for instance, this year there was a character I got to portray in Melbourne, um, for a show called Swift Street that comes out next year. And, um, I resonated with him so much. I'd never played anyone like him before, but there was as much as they're very different, there was something also quite coherent with some of the internal struggles I was facing myself and also sharing with the music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to learn a lot from this character. 
and I know that the world that I'll sort of be stepping into with him um, will also fuel my understanding of some of these questions I have and uh, I won't really feel as pushed and pulled, you know, energetically because sometimes it drives me crazy. Sometimes I got, I got, sometimes I have lots of people in here, you know, (laughs) super healthy. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, as I get older, I'm learning how to navigate it better. And, um, I think it all comes down to if, if, you know, you're, you're lucky to, to be able to, um, just commit to roles that are, that you truly, truly resonate with. And there's going to be, there's going to be a, a, a synchronization of, of those worlds, even if they, they could be even polar opposites, but mm-hmm. that may even actually, that may actually even help, you know, sort of put yeah. one down and now like go all the way the other. Um, and sometimes it's pretty like the day I've, I wrapped that show, then I flew and then, went straight on stage and had to become Keenan the, Keenan the singer. And like, it, it was a very different, um, yeah, <laughs> it was actually, it was funny, funny to put those hats on. It, it sounds like it definitely keeps you on your toes if anything else. Um, but I yeah. think that that is, could you ever see, I guess at any point those two possibly merging, whether that's, I don't want to say, I think a musical might be too obvious, but even if it goes the other way, does it then take you into writing something that then ends up in the film or television world or like some form of cross section? Yeah, that's, that's my dream. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on, on that now and, and also to include dance, you know, um, those are the three loves for me. So finding a way to, in the right kind of project, whether that's, um, someone bringing me in for what they've envisioned or if it's something that I'm creating myself. Um, cause I'm kind of, uh, that's, that's my thing. I'm like, well, if, if it's not being presented to me, I'm going to make it. So if I've got to make a film, you know, where I get to bring these worlds together in a way that I would have always appreciated growing up and, and would still like to see now, then, then I'll make that. I absolutely love that. I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that, the drive. <laughs> um, for this mixtape, I know you just said that uh, you wrapped that show, went straight to flying and then hitting the stage. Can we expect um, some live shows in support of the mixtape and, and seeing you perform these songs? Yes, 100%. I, um, I think the next one we have actually locked in is in, is in London, um, Mighty Hoopla. And that's, that's not till June, but I just did a show and I just, um, it was so awesome. I, I, I did salt festival and it was the, I premiered some of the music, you know, for the first time while it was unreleased, which I love doing. Uh, and it was the first time putting together that show. So I said to my team and they were pretty happy to hear it, but I was like, I finally feel like I, I have the show that I want to tour, you know, so, um, we're going to figure that out. Definitely mm-hmm. want to go around Australia. Beautiful. Um, definitely want to get around Europe. Um, probably head back to the U S and, and yeah. And just you know, my goal is to blow audiences away and just, you know, um, give them a show that they, that they hopefully, uh, will remember for a long time. And, with lots of energy and, 
and uh yeah the 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 dream of touring is like that's like the the big thing for me i can very much appreciate that i think that there's there's something always incredible about being in the studio and as we almost touched on right at the start in terms of like letting emotions run wild in terms of creating and, and allowing that to happen. But there is something really special when you can then take that to a room full of people and feel that connection and that they recognize what you're saying and you can recognize that they feel the emotion that you're feeling, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful exchange. Um, it's also another chance to, yeah, to, to connect even deeper with the music and, I like to use the tools of, of dance and, and acting to to really um, to really share those messages or, or take it even to a new place than than what you have it when you're just sort of listening to the songs. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I know that there's <laughs> quite a few people excited about new music for yourself. And so in turn, I know that there's going to be, whenever those dates may come, I'm excited to see you touring around Australia and playing those shows. So I think that's very exciting to hear. Um, Keenan, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's kind of on high rotation for yourself? I've been listening to an artist named Teaser Touchdown a lot. Yes. Have you heard of Tizo? I've heard of Tizo and I've heard one track, but I've seen so much kind of around this artist and I, I, I'm still trying to work out what is going on. Lots of nails. <laughs> yes. <that's it>. Um, <laughs> uh, he, <clears throat> I actually thought he was super young cause he just looks really young, but I think we're a very similar age, but he's just, uh, He's got a voice that really cuts through, really unique writing style. He's getting a lot of love from really major artists. His, his album, sonically and also visually, is like such an eclectic um, blend of genres. And I think he's also like featured on four or five of Drake's songs in the new in the new Drake album as well. Mm. Um, but also his. Um, yeah, his, his his visuals are just insane. He's a real he's a real artist. So it's it's been cool to. I love coming upon anybody where you listen to them and you watch them and you just feel like the whole time like like are they even allowed to do this? Like you know, break, breaking so many rules. You know, it, it's a really good reminder. And um, I also enjoy the way that he talks about the process and the music. Yes, one hundred percent. I think there was um, what was it? It is always interesting, as it, just to quote yourself, like breaking the rules I think is always such an interesting thing for an artist. And when they do, I feel like it's usually something, whether it's image, whether it's a sound, that it's just not conforming to the stock standard. And although it seems kind of obvious, it works because that seems to resonate. I seem to be able to recall parts of his, um, what was it? I think he did an interview with Zane Lowe in relation yeah. to the record. And I remember that, but then there's artists that I love and listen to and I could not remember part of their interviews based on maybe conforming more with no disrespect. So yeah. Um, fantastic choice. I definitely have to check out that record a little bit more. Is there a, if you could give maybe a shout or a key track that you think people should listen to from, from him? I'm still, when I go into albums, like I'm usually pretty overwhelmed. I don't, I don't get, Oh yeah, no, I like impossible. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's just because I started editing like a funny video to it. Um, but the message of the song is, is pretty much like, you know, talking about how many, uh, how many artists there could be in the world or how many, you know, in- incredible, um, people at their best there could be, but how often society or people can, you know, try to, to, to dampen that light. So mm-hmm. it's really just a reminder of like, you know, you can do the impossible. I absolutely love that. Well, I'm yeah going to be checking that album out a little bit more after our chat today. But um, yeah. until then, Keenan, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and congrats on the Heart Defense mixtape. It is out today. Yeah, let's celebrate. But thank you again for coming onto the pod. Let's go. Thank you so so much for having me. Appreciate you. 